This is Business Therapy, healing businesses from the inside out through communication and emotional intelligence. I'm Diane Di Hansen, management consultant, and with me co-host Christine Salvo, therapist, certified mediator, and certified hypnotherapist. Good morning, everyone. Hello. Good morning, everybody. And today on the show, we have Justin Thistle, who owns and operates Just Incredible DJ Entertainment, including professional videography with drones, the Incredible Party Booth, and the Incredible Game Show. His plans for future professional additions will incorporate a catering company as well. Justin has the drive and knowledge to create anything he puts his mind to and enjoys being bringing everyone together for all kinds of events with games, activities, and music selections. Justin is more than a DJ. He's that wow factor everyone is looking for, and he truly loves what he does, and you, we know you will too. Welcome to the show, Justin. Hey, how's it going? Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for being on board. And, you know, I think there's no industry that was harder hit during the pandemic than than music and entertainment and events. What was that experience like for you? I mean, we're, we're hitting our year anniversary coming up when this hit us. What's different from right now to when all this hit? Well, I mean, everybody was super surreal at first. You know, you didn't necessarily know what was going to happen. So, like, everybody thought it was going to be like a like a week, you know, like, oh, we're only going to have to stop for a week. And then it became two weeks. And then we're like, okay, two weeks. We can kind of hold out for two weeks. And then months started to happen. And then as people's savings accounts started to diminish and we weren't able to work because everybody's freaking out about what was about to happen, um, you know, a lot of, uh, everybody was scared and, uh, nobody really wanted to book, you know, events for celebration and, and excitement. So like the events that were coming up, you know, cause everything started in March. And then as the wedding season started to progress, March turned into April, April, May, June. And that's like peak wedding time, um, June, you know, June into the fall season. Um, but in those first three months that, you know, nobody knew what was happening. It was scary. You know, um, there wasn't any money you know, on anybody's end. And, uh, you know, basically you had to hustle to be able to get money because all the people who were at gig workers weren't getting paid. Uh, so uh, everybody who actually had jobs were getting unemployment right off the bat, never getting $900 a week or uh, so on and so forth. So, I mean, that would have been great at first, but um, gig workers didn't receive any money until three, three months down the line. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's basically what kind of happened. And it was scary for, you know, those first three months. So you actually had to, like, hustle to get money. Yeah, that's a complete and different shift. And so so how did you hustle to get the money? I mean, obviously, you're here talking to us today, and you've come out uh, the other side somewhat. So so <laughs> what, was the sh- what were the shifts that you had to make? Uh, so basically you kind of look at to see what, what your strengths are. What are you, what are you good at? You know, if you're, if you're really good at computers, you know, try to figure out to do something with like websites or, you know, computer work. If you're really good at, you know, um, manual labor, you know, trying to be able to help somebody out at somebody's house. Um, if you've got a vehicle, you know, maybe DoorDash or delivering food. Um, so I, I chose to do my own thing and start up my own business by delivering food for people who were afraid because there were a lot of terrified people who I was talking to who were afraid to leave the house, but yet still had to eat. Um, so um, everything was backlogged with the whole uh, Instacart. And so what I was doing was I was reaching out and created a website and networked as much as I could, social media, Facebook, um, people who had like health conditions, diabetes, um, uh, cancer, uh, um, who are needing, you know, food right now. And food was so backlogged 
and you know toilet paper you know was like you know the, the hottest item um you know baby wipes and you know like anything that they could get their hands on um i decided to you know create a business out of deli home food delivery so i created in, uh, incredible deliveries um which was a kind of name off of my own dj business and i created a website i created a facebook presence and you know basically just got on the computer and started hustling as much as i could networking contacting reaching out anybody who needed anything let me know contact me i mean i'm hurting they all knew that i was hurting because i was a gig worker and i was doing djing and they basically helped me survive basically um by just you know making it happen just going to the stores doubling up costco um, any way, you know, possible for people to be able to, you know, survive at home. So, I mean, that's all I could have done. So do you still have incredible deliveries up and running or was that a, a kind of a, a temporary business that you started to get by and now you've moved on to other things? So I have moved on to other things. It's not saying that I still, I mean, like I do get contacts and I will go deliver food because, you know, you don't know if another pandemic's about to happen. So why not keep up that presence, you know, and business, you know, and, and you know, it's just an extra, you know, thing to be able to help people out because people are still quarantining. They will not leave the house, you know, and, and, and I understand, you know, I get it. Um, and they, you know, they wear masks. I, we don't have any contact other than social media or like, you know, phone. Um, but yes, I still have the business. Um, it's not as big as it was, but I, you know, if anybody does contact me, I will absolutely go out of my way to be able to, you know, get them what they need and when they need it. I'll go to any store that they need. Um, if it's like a grocery store or if it's a hardware store, I mean, whatever. Yeah. So multiple streams of income really is what yeah. I'm hearing in yes. terms of getting by in, in really uncertain times. And even your bio had several businesses listed um, mm -hmm. within that. So um, are those businesses also still operating? And, and do you sleep? <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yes, I do sleep. Um, so I do it because I love it. So like the whole entertainment business, I start, I mean, just the way that I started my business was it's, it's really funny how it all happened. Um, but it, it just, it kind of snowballed effect. Uh, uh, I started running beer pong tournaments when I was, uh, you know, right when I was 22 years old or no, 20, 24 years old, I started running beer pong tournaments and noticed that I was really good at running beer pong tournaments. So I would do that and it was fun and exciting. And I, I had a bunch of friends who were uh, DJs, so they gave me all their music. And then uh, a buddy of mine quit working at this establishment and uh, the owner says, you have to learn how to DJ. And I said, I don't know how to DJ. And he's like, well, you have to learn. So I went home and got on the computer and taught myself how to DJ and then started DJing and saw that I was really good at it. And people started offering me, you know, some money to be able to DJ their wedding. And I started doing that, grabbing that money and keeping investing every dollar that I ever received and anything that I was doing on the side into the DJ business because I really enjoyed it. I thought I felt that I was really good. And this was something that I would really love to do for the rest of my life. Um, you know, cause I really feel music and I enjoy the interaction and social and communication and everything. So I started running in the DJ business. And then when I was younger as a child, I was like, I, I used to watch the prices, right? And I'm like, well, that's something I want. I want to be a game show host. I mean, I mean, I used to see how excited it would be for people to just win prizes. And um, I wanted to do that for people. So I just started to create my own game show. Um, I ended up buying a game show called, um, uh, I forget what they're called, but I, I created it, the incredible game show it does like the family feud or who wants to be a millionaire. And I basically bring all that stuff that you see on the show to any establishment that you want. 
And so I started doing that. And then, then I created a photo booth business, but I wanted the best photo booth business on, you know, on the market. So I invested every dollar that I had in that. And then I started adding more stuff like, you know, TV screens and video. And um, so I started grabbing GoPro cameras and cameras and, you know, during people's wedding ceremonies, they didn't know that because GoPros are so tiny. So I would put them all over their wedding site. And then during their ceremony, when it was done, I would edit all the footage and then put it on my television screen on the front of my facade. And they would go, oh, my God, who did this? And I was like, I did. And they're like, why? And I'm like, because I, I wanted to do something different. And they're like. And people were cry. Like, I mean, I've had so many brides cry because I'm trying to do something different. I don't want to be like everybody else. So, you know, just adding that extra value any way that I could. And just, you know, so I started creating the videography business and then the photography. And then everything kind of snowballs after that, you know, because more and more people hear about it. And they're like, do that for my wedding. And then I, I try to figure out new ways to make it fun and exciting because I'm, I've done that. So let's do something more. So I want to kind of get in here a little bit. Um... I'm, I'm really, I've already taken like a lot of notes because I'm all, ooh, this is, this is really valuable. So you're really coming from a place of life experience here. And some of the things that you've already said are what are your strengths, right? And I think that that's sometimes a difficult thing for people to think of when they're in crisis brain, right? Like, uh, I can't do my job. I'm a gig worker. I'm in the service industry. All of a sudden, my income is gone. You know, I know even in my own situation, um, I've considered, oh my gosh, what would I do if I didn't do what I did? <laughs> like, I'm all, uh, and, and it was so easy to kind of get that blank page of, I don't know what else I'm good at. And I think it's a really good idea. Basically, what you're saying is, even if there isn't a pandemic, even if there isn't like this thing, life can always change on a dime. There is no certainty and none of us really know what's next. So I don't think that these are terrible ideas to explore anyways of what would be my plan B? What would be my plan C? What would be my hobby? What would be my dream? And really kind of dissecting this and then putting your time and energy into it. The other thing I'm really hearing is that this, I don't want to be like anyone else has actually, it's elevated you to this place where you're not, but in this really awesome, fun way. And I'm also hearing that you're challenging yourself every day to beat yourself, right? So, so I'm already different than everyone else. And there really is no competition, but I'm my own competition. So you're really taking this as a challenge. And I, I want my, I want the listeners to kind of hear this of, you know, sometimes it's not enough to just do it for others or just be better than the next guy. You know, that personal challenge, that taking it to the next level and constantly doing that will only help grow and change you. Would you agree with that, Justin? Totally. I mean, it, it, try to make it fun and exciting. I mean, like every challenge is an opportunity, like something bad that has happened in your life or anything that's good that has happened in your life. It is a challenge that you can make, you know, to better yourself. I mean, there's always a silver lining in any situation. And I've, and I've seen it so many times and I'm like, wow, I mean, yeah, that was hard, but you know what? I've come out and I've grown from that experience and, and I'm glad that that happened. I mean, don't get me wrong, it hurt and maybe you cried and it was super emotional, but I mean, overall, you come out learning something more at, at, about yourself. I mean, over the pandemic, I was able to, you know, get it out of debt and I was able to, you know, uh, buy new stuff for my business and I was able to, you know, just work. I was, there's so much drive and if you, if you think positive at the end, if you let it defeat you, I mean, it's going to ruin you. But if you just look at it as like, okay, this is a problem. Now, once I this challenge, once I see this in front of me, if I can get past this, I know it'll be rewarding. 
I mean, like the biggest risks that you people take, I mean, they're usually, the, you know, the biggest rewards. So. I love how you just said that, that the biggest risks you take are often the biggest rewards. And I think some of the biggest fear comes up when you're taking the biggest risks. So what are maybe some of your strategies for getting past that, you know, that, that risk fear? I mean, you're going to fail. I mean, people fail all the time, but that's where you learn the most. So like when you're learning how to walk or you're learning how to crawl, I mean, you're going to hurt. It's going to be painful. It's going to, it's going to be rough. But I mean, like after you figure out the, the, what, what doesn't work is going to literally get you moving faster. I mean, um, like what is it? Nikolai Tesla. I mean, the guy who admitted the light bulb, I mean, he ended up doing it like over a hundred thousand times or whatever. And he's like, that's the way to not do it. You know what I mean? So like eventually you're going to figure out the way to do what you are truly passionate about. You can never give up. Do never let somebody beat you. Never let somebody tell you that you can't do this. I mean, I've had so many people, I mean, cause it's not their dream. It's not what they want. So like, they're going to have their own views of, as to like what they think that, you know, you should do with your life, you know, you know, but like, I mean, if you just stick to what you enjoy doing constantly, I mean, if it's profiting you and you're not hurting anybody and you're bringing an enjoyment to yourself or others or by yourself, I mean, just keep doing it constantly and just know that in the long run that if you can constantly envision something at, you know what you want it usually happens i mean yeah. i mean things do happen things change don't get me wrong life does you know change what's better for you or what you know what you need but it, i don't know just constantly moving forward and being excited and waking up you know being healthy and working out and I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of going on a tangent, but I mean, like it starts off with your health and just always wanting to stay healthy and, you know, just living, you know, you, as long as you take care of yourself, everything kind of works out in the long run. Yeah, I would agree. You know, there's, there's some books out there that talk about mastery is 10,000 hours, right? So if you really want to master something, do it for 10,000 hours. Uh, and I also think that like on that road to mastery is the education, right? So it's going to suck. You're going to fail. Everyone has to start off from square one, just like you did. And I'm, I'm finding it really interesting though. I think one of the unique things and perspectives that you're bringing is that you really let opportunities happen to you and for you. So like, Hmm, you know, I was doing this thing and then it kind of led to that thing. And I explored that and I found I really liked it and put my 10,000 hours in. And then I, so you kind of seem like someone that's, that's on this path, but is actually really kind of in surrender because you take it, you look at the opportunity and you keep growing instead of, you know, I think a lot of times when it comes to, especially our work, our careers, our identities, those can feel fixed. Sometimes it can feel like there isn't a lot of creative room for that. And that, and that your creativity would be more of a hobby than a lifestyle. So something I really think that you're bringing is it's your lifestyle. Definitely. I mean, just to, just to hear that makes me really laugh. I mean, because like, yes, uh, I never thought to myself, like me throwing parties all my life, that I would be able to turn it into a, you know, a business. But I mean, if you constantly are good at something, somebody's going to reach out to you and say, hey, can you do that for me? So, I mean, sure. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I was working for corporate America for so long and I realized that they didn't, I didn't feel valued um, in a lot of the jobs that I had, even though I would work, you know, as hard as I could. I mean, they would just wanted it every single day. And once they got all their hours out of you, I mean, they'll just put somebody else in that position that's younger. 
to be able to take over for you. And I just didn't feel valued. So I decided to start my own business. So I just quit all the businesses I ever had. And I mean, that's going to sound really weird, but I decided to just start running beer pong. And it wasn't really the smartest move in my eyes, but I, I didn't feel valued in the jobs that I had. So um, I chose to try to make money any way that I can by just be hustling. And, and I knew that I could do it better than most. So I decided to just, you know, give it a try and see what would happen. Cause I could always go back to flipping burgers if I wanted to, you know, fair enough. I like what you said though, about, you know, not feeling valued and then also flipping that over to becoming one who provides value. So these, this business would just come to you because you provide value to people. You, you provide value by delivering food. You provide value by being a DJ or the extra touches for the brides with the GoPros and, and, and things like that, those extra value points. So, I mean, that's a big thing when you're, you know, starting a business or wanting to start a business is, is really asking yourself, how can I add value to mm-hmm. a specific market? And if mm-hmm. it's within your realm of passion, mm-hmm. that is, you know, it's a potential business. Um, so what were your steps in, in starting each of these businesses from absolute scratch? <laughs> oh my God. Uh, okay. So um, starting off with the whole beer pong situation, I had nothing. I had zero dollars. I had no money. I was just playing. I was running beer pong tournaments. I was getting paid ten dollars an hour to run these beer pong tournaments at this establishment, and I had no money. And so then I started uh, running the tournaments, and then I would win the tournaments. Well, the tournaments would pay five hundred dollars just to play beer pong, and so I would just start saving my money and learning and had a DJ for one of my buddies, and just like, hey, this is interesting what are you doing? And he would just like, all right, this is what I'm doing to the crowd. This is why I'm doing this to the crowd. This is why I'm providing in service. This is why I'm playing this song. This is, I mean, like learning why this, I didn't know it until afterwards, but it all made sense in the long run. So then I would just constantly save money. So when I first booked my first wedding, um, I had no gear, I had nothing. So I borrowed everything I could. So I borrowed speakers, I borrowed mixer and I was, I charged 500 bucks. And I said, I will do your wedding for $500. And I ended up getting a laptop and um, booking a wedding and grabbing that money and buying speakers and then borrowing the laptop and then buying in a laptop and then just constantly reinvesting. You have to reinvest. So my goal was to save money for three years. And then that fourth year, I would spend money on, you know, re- you know, reaping the reward of my benefits, you know, being able to go on vacations if I wanted to and, you know, basically kind of enjoy myself and then going back to reinvesting for another three years and, you know, whatever business venture that I'm currently on. And you have to put in the work for it. You have to grind. You have to really, you know, you have to give up a lot of your free time, you know, for what you want to achieve. And that's all I ever really wanted. But I will say to be able to do that stuff, you have to give up a lot of uh, things that you really enjoy. Um, like a relationship, you kind of, you can't really, I mean, you, it's hard to be in a relationship when you're kind of married to the business that you're in or you, cause you really want to see it thrive and you want to see it, you know, perform. And, you know, sometimes you, if, if you're not, if you're in a relationship that would support that kind of stuff, it, it's, it's very stressful and very hard because you're dating both the relationship and the business. But, um, yeah, in the long run, you know, 10 years down the line, I just constantly kept reinvesting in my business and, uh, to get the, this is really wild uh, to get my photo booth. I didn't have $10,000. I had no, I mean, I needed 10 grand for that photo booth. Um, so what I did was, is I, um, sold a package. So I created a pamphlet and I said, 
uh, to my graphic designer. I said, uh, I give you, I paid him like uh, 50 bucks or 75 bucks um, to create a flyer. And I said, if I book 10 weddings and you give me a thousand dollars. So I said, give me a thousand dollars and I will give you photo booth. I will give you my DJ services and I will give you first dance on a cloud. Um, and I didn't have all this stuff. I, I, I had the DJ stuff, but I didn't have the photo booth but I had to book 10 weddings at $1,000, which I was severely undercutting myself. Um, but I, I, I knew that the photo booth would be a great investment and I believed in it so strongly. Um, so I ended up booking 10 weddings at $1,000 and I ended up getting $10,000 and I drove down to LA and bought the photo booth business. And now the photo booth business is you know running by itself. So basically I can't run the photo booth and DJ at the same time. And I want to create an enterprise for people who are working these mundane jobs, if you will, and basically teach them. You could be your own boss if you just believe in yourself and you hustle. So I'm trying to teach people how to be a videographer or try to teach people how to be a photographer or a DJ or whatever that they you know, truly feel inspired and want to do and you know, give them an opportunity to be their own boss. You know? And that's, nobody, nobody ever gave me that opportunity. So I've always wanted to do that for somebody else that really wants to do this. So, Justin, you know, I know you a little bit personally, too, and so I, I, I know that you really kind of take people under your belt, and I think that, you know, there's a word I've never heard you use to describe yourself, but hearing what you're saying is kind of mentorship. Like, you really sound like it's important to you to help people. You're not necessarily worried about the um, competitive side, like, I don't want to help you learn to DJ in case you take my business later, or things like that it's much more on the side of like, hey, this is a skill I learned and I'm happy to share it with you. Absolutely. Yes and no. I can see like, you know, people that are established that are DJs that, you know, if they're already doing their own thing, their own, their own way of doing stuff, I'm not going to give them all my secrets. But if I can teach somebody at the ground level all of my secrets, I'm actually inspiring myself, you know, whether, the, whether they take my business or not, I'm now breeding competition, which will then push me to be a better DJ. You know what I mean? So like I would be able to go, okay, what else can I do? What else can I make, make myself, you know, thrive and, you know, be better? Because if I looked at a lot of like, you know, big major influential people that were in the world and I didn't see it until after the fact, but like Prince and like Rick James used to hate each other, but like everybody knows who Prince and Rick James are because they were always pushing each other back and forth. I mean, they hated each other to the bone, but they, they drove so much amazing things in the world. I mean, like, I kind of want to do the same thing. I want competition. I want them to push me in. And I don't hate them. I mean, but it just inspires me. I'm like, oh, you know, let's do more. Let's see what else we can do. And, you know, just always pushing yourself to be better because there's enough business for everybody. You know, everybody's getting married. You know, like, I don't have to do every single wedding. But, I, you know, I want to be considered to be able to do a wedding and, and do it my way because I enjoy it. And, you know, just, just make it fun and exciting in any way that I can. I love what you just said right now. And I agree. I think that sometimes we forget the competition is a good thing, that, that there's a bit of an edge there. And that to stay on the top of our game, we, we can't necessarily be isolated. We can't, we have to look to others. We have to constantly be changing with the times or we can get kind of stale and stagnant. 100%. Like I've seen a lot of DJs that have just been so stuck in their ways and they're afraid to like, you know, you know, grow or do something different or change. 
I mean, like, there's always a way to new, do things differently or try to, you know, make yourself, make things easier for you. Like, you know, as new technology comes out, you know, your job becomes a little bit more easier. Well, now that it's become a little bit more easier, why don't you challenge yourself for the time that you don't have, that you, that you would have had working on that little project that has now been reduced to like, instead of it taking two hours, it's now 30 minutes. Now you have an hour and a half to do something more. And that's what I've always been trying to do is try to speed up and grow and be faster and better because I get bored. I mean, it may, be it call it ADD or whatever. I just, I want to do something different and be excited every time I leave at an event. And innovation is so important. When you get so stuck and so hung up on business as usual, you really get, you know, you really put a shelf life on your business. Um, you're, you know, you didn't stick with, okay, I have a photo booth. Now I'm operating a photo booth. It's like, okay, this is an add-on and I can have someone else run the photo booth and I'm mm -hmm. DJing the wedding. Mm -hmm. And I, this is now a passive stream of income for me. And right. um, I think it's essential for, any anyone who's in business or working for a business you know entrepreneurship is also a thing but to to have that mindset of ongoing growth and how can i do things differently you wouldn't have survived the early parts of the pandemic justin if you were business as usual there was no support for the gig economy or gig workers um there you know you talk to any entrepreneur and there are there is the dark night of the soul of their business. I have one where, you know, a year and a half ago, in order to keep my firm afloat, I was driving Uber and Lyft. I had three weeks where I took a job working for a manufacturing company just because I had to keep things going. And I think that's where you really separate out those who are truly committed to the service that their business provides and the inspiration and the innovation and those who are, who are just tinkering. Totally. I mean, there's, there's, there's part-time there's, you know, like, you know, hobbies. Um, there's people who are like, you know, eat, sleep, breathe it and drive and, um, you know, you, you kind of have to put things on the backlog and kind of learn something, uh, you know, different. So when I was younger, I learned how to dig ditches. And my father was like, when I was younger, like I had, before I graduated at high school, he's like, he, he's like, you're going to come dig ditches with me. And I'm like, what? And he's like, yeah, you're going to come do them. I'm like, all right, fine. So I learned how to dig ditches, run cable and, you know, do all this. I mean, it was hard backbreaking work. And my father says, all right, you have a choice. You could dig ditches for the rest of your life or you could you know, do something with your life. And then I'm like, well, I don't want to dig ditches. But <laughs> if I ever had to survive, I could always go back to digging ditches. So as a last resort. So I always had the philosophy in my mind. And I, and I, and I always thought about it when I was younger. I was like, okay, I can always go back to digging ditches. Let's start cooking food. All right, can I always go back to cooking food? Let's start working in retail. I could always start working in retail. Then I'll start serving tables. And then I could start, you know, work, you know, doing whatever. You know, I could always go back to another job that I currently had if I ever had to. So yeah. always growing. No, I, I love it. And actually, I think that's brilliant of your father. That is that that's a really brilliant man. Um, you know, I have two kids that are struggling with their future and what do I want to do and they're like I don't think I want to go to college I don't think I want to do this but I think your dad really gave you a gift in that so what a fun thing to share too is um the best way to know what we want is to do it <laughs> and also the best way to know what we don't want is to do it so totally. 
That was wonderful. We had a great, great show. Um, is there a way that our listeners could get a hold of you if they were interested? Is there a website you'd like to share if they were um, more interested in what you do? Or Absolutely. If they go to justincredibledj.com, it's all one word, justincredibledj.com. Um, you can check me up on Facebook, uh, Instagram. I mean, all that stuff. It, all of my pricing and, and all the things that I have is on there. And all the videos and tutorials and commercials that I have on there as well. Tons of reviews, but I mean, yeah, it's all on there on my website. Thank you so much, Justin, for being on the show. You've absolutely been an example of what it's like to, to scrap, to learn, to grow, to build, and to transition in, in some you know, very, very unprecedented times that we're going through. So um, I don't want to say happy one-year COVID anniversary, but <laughs> happy one-year COVID anniversary. And totally. here's to all the learning that is to come. Thank you. This is Business Therapy. Healing businesses from the inside out through communication and emotional intelligence. I'm Diane Di Hansen, management consultant. And I'm Christine Salvo, licensed marriage and family therapist, certified mediator, and certified hypnotherapist. Thank you so much for listening today. Have a wonderful day. Have a wonderful and productive day. Bye bye.